Northern Brewer is the proud sponsor of the Brewing Network's Jameel Show. They have the widest selection of domestic and imported malts and grain, hops from all over the world, and a full line of liquid and dry yeast. No matter what style of beer you're brewing, Northern Brewer has the ingredients you need, plus fast shipping and expert staff to help you make the best beer possible. Please visit northernbrewer.com for all things homebrew. Howdy, hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters. <laughs> Woohoo! It's Thursday. I'm having a great day, too. Yeah, you seem like it. Yeah, oh, uh, you picked up some ingredients earlier. You're brewing, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Uh-oh, yeah, look out, yeah, people. Yeah. No, I uh, I uh, went to uh, 21st Amendment uh, a couple weeks ago and... Uh, uh, brewed your Pro-Am? Brewed the, uh, yeah, Pro-Am uh, entry, the, the Belgian Strong Dark. And I just had the most wonderful time, and it just... Totally jacked me up on brewing again. Nice. You know, not not that I had not been jacked enough. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> it got me extra jacked. I right. was I was so jacked. You know, I was I was fully jacked. Oh, cool. After uh, <laughs> hanging out there, and uh, yeah, so like the next day I went home and brewed, and then like I brewed again and brewed again. So I'm four days in a row. Or yeah, I'm like averaging a, a batch a week. Sweet. What did you brew? I brewed a, uh, f- at home? Yeah, no, 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 at uh, 21A. Uh, the Belgian Strong Dark. Uh-oh. Okay. When, uh, you can see it on the Brew Like a Monk uh, website, and uh, and we covered it uh, on the show as well. Nice. And, uh, Same you know, recipe, everything? Yeah, you know what was great about uh, 21st Amendment and uh, Sean uh, O'Sullivan and all that is, uh, and Jesse there, they put so much effort into making sure that the ingredients they Procured for this this brew were exactly what I wanted. That's important too. You know, I, well, I've brewed yeah. a few other commercial batches, right? And it's always like, well, you know, we don't use that base malt. Uh, you know, we don't have those hops. Uh, you know, that's not the yeast we use. And it's like, uh, okay. okay, you know, it's you know, and then pe- they go, oh, how do you think? Is that like your beer? Like, and I'm like, no, it's a decent, uh, robust porter, but uh, it's not the real deal. Not my beer at all. <laughs> and in this case, you know, they went, they bent over backwards trying to make sure that they had exactly what we wanted. And you know, they ordered everything by the sack in order to, uh, you know, have exactly the ingredients. Nice. Uh, you know, they got exactly the hops. They got exactly the yeast. They, you know, they. Every time, you know, they're like, well, you know, you know, what do you want to do? I'm like, oh, it's okay, whatever you, you know, however you want to change or what. They're like, no, no, no. How, how, how do, you do you want this beer brew? Yeah. <laughs> and what exactly do you want to do? That's great. Uh, it was wonderful. The most wonderful time I've ever had, uh, commercial brewing. So how many? Oh, Pounds of grain? Did you haul up those <laughs> about, stairs? About fifteen hundred pounds. Wow. I, I worked. I worked my tail off. Oh, nice. I was just like a 
big sweaty mess. Yeah. You know, after like the first half hour. Yeah, right. <laughs> until, until I got there at like nine. By nine twenty. Right. I was just dripping sweat and full of grain dust. And then, uh, <laughs> throughout the day. And so I'm, I'm getting ready to leave. It's about four o'clock and Sully turns to me and goes, uh, you want a fresh shirt? Yeah. <laughs> for the truck. Still dripping. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, uh, yeah, that'd be great. He gave me this, uh, nice, uh, new, uh, 21A shirt, uh, which, uh, is now one of my, my favorites. And you get a keg of beer too, probably. Hey, he gave me a little bit of the, uh, 21, the award-winning, uh, 21A, uh, IPA. That's good. With me. And, uh, so good. they gave me an incredible lunch and everything. Uh, you know, it was just, uh, you know, I sampled some beers while I was there and, uh, it was just the, the absolute most wonderful time I could have had. Right. Uh, you know, it was just just fantastic. It was so much better than every other time I've done uh, commercial batches. I really appreciate it. They treated me with such a great deal of respect and kindness. I, you know, I just couldn't, I, I never anticipated it would be that wonderful. So did you fill out a job application? <laughs> No, I kept no? saying, oh. this keeps reminding me why it's you know, such hard work and why I work in software. And <laughs> why you keep your day job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I, I loved it, but, yeah. uh, you know, whew, you know, it's just, uh, it's a lot, it's of, a lot of, lot of hard work brewing. You yeah. know, it's not all sitting around drinking beer and, no, uh, no. looking at pretty ladies. It's, uh, a lot of very hard work. I wish it was pretty late. We could hang up a poster, but that's not the same thing, but. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, uh, you know, a lot of hard work. So, uh, but I had the most wonderful time, and uh, I, I just uh, couldn't have been treated better. It was it awesome. was absolutely something I will never forget. Good. And uh, so, if you go into the uh, JBF, look out that that beer. They'll be serving that beer there. Yeah. Uh, it may not win uh, anything, but you know that's it's certainly my fault and not the fault of two uh, and A. But um, well, that's definitely you can you can try that beer at the JBF, right. and you also try it down at. Uh, you're probably even better go down to the 21A and buy some of this uh, Belgian Strong Dark. I want you to go down there if you're listening and right you're now. in San Francisco or if yeah. you're anywhere near San Francisco, you get yourself to San Francisco. It's uh, on on 2nd Street there. Yeah. And uh, I want you to go in and I want you to order this, <laughs> this beer and drink as much of it as you can and say it's good regardless and uh, and uh, spend lots of money there at the 21A. Right. Uh, I think, uh, you'll, you'll enjoy it and, uh. You probably get hammered too on a Belgian Strong too. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a great style for the Pro-Am. I mean, that's a, that'll definitely stand out, I think. It's yeah. Unique, we'll, it's, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Okay. But, uh, you know, and, and it's so hard to take a batch and just immediately transfer it over and, you know, not adjust anything. Right. We're brewing it once. And, yeah. uh. Especially so, a new system too. Yeah, it's hard to, you know, adjust it, uh, to, to match the system, you have to usually you have to tweak things a little bit to get these these homebrew recipes dialed in on right. a commercial system. And you hit your gravity points and everything, and uh, close, close yeah, enough, it's close enough, yeah. Just yeah. add more sugar. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. Bring it home, JC. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, and uh, speaking of the JBF, I'm going to be uh, speaking there at uh, the WBF. Uh, they have a like a uh, event on Thursday night that's put on. Okay. On the main uh, stage there? Uh, no, it's, uh, done, uh, it's gonna be at the Marriott. Okay. Uh, at, uh, probably about 8.15 I'll be starting around then. What are you talking about? Don't know. Perfect. Yeah. I'm all prepared. That's a brewer's way right there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm set. I'm ready. Uh, that's, uh, yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens. Nice. 
Yeah, and you know the other thing about the two one A, every time I go down there, and I've I've worked down in San Francisco like a couple of blocks from this place right. for since the two one A opened, and uh, every time I go by there, you know it's really good. Yeah, and you know it's it's been good since the day one. I I think they tweak things a little bit through the years, and it's really just ideal on the right. beer and on the food and everything, just wonderful. And the the interesting thing is, every time I go there. I'm a little bit surprised at how really good it is. Are you talking about service or food and beer? Food and beer. Okay. I mean, service is always service good, good, but, yeah. but yeah. you know, I'm just like, it's like I forget how good it was. Nice. Each time I think, oh, that's really good. What keeps you coming back? And then I go back, and I'm just like, this is really good. Wow, it's even better than I remembered. Every time, it's better than I remembered. Is there something weird with my memory or what? Well, that means they're doing something right. Yeah, so I enjoy it yeah. every time. I was just like, and I had a burger, yeah. you know, and, and you think, oh, a burger. That was a really good burger. Of course, after fifteen hundred pounds, yeah, I was hungry, really but you know, it's really good. And then you know, and then the beers were really good. Yeah, right. So I just had a wonderful time. Nice. Uh, okay, I normally do not. Oh boy, we're, we're blowing through here, and we started a little late. I normally do not, uh, you know, uh, talk about events and stuff that are going on unless like we're going to be there, right? But uh, I don't know. Make an exception. This uh, Three Rivers Underground Brewers. Uh, truebrewers.com, trubrewers.com. They are putting on this uh, fundraiser for cystic fibrosis. Uh, the website for the fundraiser is uh, brewingupacure.org. Brewingupacure.org. And uh, the event's October 20th uh, in Pittsburgh, so obviously I'm not going to be there. It's in Pittsburgh. Right. Uh, and... They, you know, they're, they've been doing this for a while and, uh, you know, all goes for a good cause. If you're around that area, you, know, you should, it, you you should definitely show up. Uh, they're gonna, they're gonna have lots of great beer. They have, you know, uh, entertainment, food and prizes and stuff. So, uh, well worth, well worth supporting something like that for if sure. you can. And oh, yeah. So, uh, definitely, definitely do that. And speaking of supporting uh, things, like if you want to support the Brewing Network and, and you like this, and I, I do the style profile column in uh, Brew Your Own Magazine. Yeah. That's, how's that going? Uh, it's pretty good. And, and I'll tell you, one of the things is, you know, it's got a lot of detail in those articles. If you like, you know, what we're talking about here, we go into total depth of each style and how to brew it uh, each month in uh, Brew Your Own Magazine. And uh, in order to make sure that the Brewing Network gets credit for buying the magazine right you go to byo.com slash brewing network and uh when you sign up for the magazine uh, a, a good chunk of it goes to uh support the brewing network and justin all definitely that. So important if you like this uh programming then uh well worth uh doing that and uh keeps it around you know <laughs> absolutely it's <laughs> important you know, you know yeah and you know buy the books and go to the store and buy shirts and stuff like that but uh and you know i get a couple of guys here I'm rambling away, but a, a couple of people there are like, "Hey, you know, I'm a college student and I want to buy your book, but uh, you know, I got to see if I'll have enough money left at the end of the month <laughs> to buy it." I'm like, you know, if 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 you're really tight on the money, go ahead and buy it from Amazon or whatever, or you know, don't buy it at all. That's yeah. that's okay. Yeah. You know, you, you <laughs> okay. when when I was a college student, I I actually I ran out of money like middle of the month, Whoa. and the there was a grocery store that was opening, and and the local paper that you got for free, yeah, they had coupons in it, and I lived in an apartment complex, and so there would be like twenty of these free newspapers nice. in a box. I collect them, and each week they had a, a new coupon. The first week it was like uh, get a free uh, loaf of bread, perfect coupon. That's not cool. I went down the store, I got like you know six loaves of bread. So I was eating bread for every for a week. Every, you know, that was my food. I ate bread. I drank water. I had 
bread toasted, I had bread plain, I had a wad up in a ball. And then the next week, it was um, it, up it was it was butter. It was butter. You got like a <laughs> half pound of butter or whatever. So you butter with toast. Yeah. So I went. I went. Right. And I got like six things of butter. And yeah. so I'm like, uh, you know, you you can only try biting off a butter and chewing it up like once, and then you realize that's really not a great idea. No. So uh, yeah, I had like buttered toast for a while, but I was getting pretty hungry after the end of the second week, and then yeah. they had like it was uh, broccoli, frozen broccoli. I remember you get a bag of. A little box of frozen broccoli. It was in a box, not even a bag. And I got like six things of broccoli. So I had broccoli all week. And then the final week, oh no, one of the weeks was, uh, it wasn't broccoli, it was uh, stuffing. Yeah. And another week it was eggs. Yeah. So I had six dozen eggs, eight, nothing but eggs. I felt like, you know, Cool Hand Luke or whatever it is. <laughs> Just eating nothing but 50 eggs. 50 eggs. Yeah. You know, like, you know, wow. if that didn't pack on, uh, you know, the stroke, uh, yeah. you know, I don't know what it did. That, eating the butter probably wasn't too it good for me. Either. Right. But I did that, and then I, all my friends who worked at restaurants, I'd go and get like some free food there, there you and go. that's how I survived like a month. Wow! If I had, I you know, didn't didn't have drink beer anything. too, of course. Uh, you know, when I could get it for free, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so at that point, if somebody talked to me about buying a book, <laughs> I'd be like, please, you know, yeah. I, I, if unless I can eat the book, yeah, <laughs> uh, don't really I don't care. Yeah. yeah, I don't need it. I'm sure you make so, great uh, beer, but I don't care. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, there are people out there who can't afford that. Don't right. worry about it. We'll be fine without that. Right. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that's just fine. Anyways, today. We should have like a recycling program for the book. <laughs> what, people should, uh, shred it? Well, and, you know, uh, like at the end of the year of your semester, your year in college, you know, they right, right, sell right. back the used books. So, okay. <laughs> Never mind. I do want to sell a few books, you know. <laughs> Sorry. All right. All right, so. Uh, today we're talking about American wheat mm. or American rye beer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's weedy or rye. It's one of the two, right? You've been drinking that Germex? What's going on there? Yeah. I am sanitary though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm actually drinking in, Chad's brown. It's pretty good. Hold on, buddy. bathing in the uh, Germex. All right. So, uh, American wheat or rye beer. What, what can you tell us about that style, John? Well, uh, well, this is definitely a good summer beer to drink, for, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. When you smell this beer, it should be low to medium uh, wheat or rye character coming through in the malt nose. Mm-hmm. Um, Comes low, through kind of bready or... Probably bready, mm-hmm. more or less, because uh, that's just... Crackers. I like the graham word crackers. crackers. Yeah. Uh, well, not even graham crackers, but, you know, just uh, dry crackers, like saltines. Oh, there you cracker. Go. Yeah, those are yeah. good when you have food poisoning, too. Um, <laughs> low esters, definitely for sure. Um, that's usually from a neutral yeast... Uh, yeah. No clove or bananas coming right. through. Right. Either citrusy nose from American hops or some mm-hmm. spiciness from noble hops used. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Visually, it's either pale or gold to color. Mm-hmm. Um, clarity ranges from clear to cloudy, depending on the yeast you use. Mm-hmm. And overall, it has a fair amount of head retention. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's, it's a session beer. Uh, flavor-wise, it's strong, grainy, wheat or rye malt character coming through. Malty sweetness mm-hmm. um, to a dry finish. Mm-hmm. And... Low hop bitterness, balanced with the maltiness, mm-hmm. um, some spiciness maybe from the rye. Yeah. yeah. Overall, it's a refreshing light ale mm-hmm. um, with an emphasis with wheat or rye malt as a base malt. Mm-hmm. And it's just a session beer and drink yeah. away. Something you can drink in quantity. And have it ready in two weeks. Wait, you know, you know uh, have you had a uh, good American wheat beer? I've had McDowell's yeah. wheat beer, his seven-day uh-huh. wheat. Uh-huh. That's that's impressive. Well, and and he adds a lot more hops to that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes with the glacier hops. That's McDowell way. Hops are big. Yeah. yeah. No, I like that. I've I've had mm-hmm. that. I enjoy that too. You know, uh, I was uh, you know for software, I was 
traveling around the country with uh, one of the engineers that I worked with at Macromedia at the time, uh, Kent. And uh, we were we were visiting uh, customers, and, and we actually uh, had some friends and customers in uh, Amarillo, Texas. <laughs> And so, and wow. this is, this is trouble right here. Yeah. This is in December. This is like, it's coming up on Christmas and Amarillo gets a fair amount of snow. Go figure. And, uh, and we're there and we're exhausted from traveling and we're at the little hotel, uh, restaurant, uh, sitting there and, and you know, it's like the, one of the only places to get beer there, I guess at the time. And, and so we're, we're sitting there and, and ordering a couple of beers and they're, they're serving them in, um, it's like, uh, the Pyramid, uh, Heifer, uh, or was it, uh, Widmer Brothers? I can't really remember. But, uh, they're serving in these giant liter glasses. Sweet. Like the Pyramid ones or like they're, uh, yeah, well, like, liters. like the giant Pilsner glasses okay. type thing. And, uh, so when we get there, we're really, Thirsty Kent, you know, knocks back like they, you know, this giant soda and then uh, a couple of glasses of water and then he has like, you know, two of these, you know, <laughs> liters of beer and he drinks like six liters of liquid while I'm sitting there, you know, watching. <laughs> I get up and I pee like three times, just you know, there. trying to keep up with him and he's still sitting there. Wow. And I'm thinking, you know, what, what in the world? How is this guy not like bursting? He's half kidney. Yeah. yeah he, well, yeah, Kent, he, I told him he must have a hollow leg. Yeah. So, uh, I actually, my recipe, I call it Kent's, call it Kent's oh, hollow leg. Cause, uh, you know, this guy, I don't know how he was able to hold all the fluids. Yeah, it was amazing. It's just like liter after liter. I'm like, you don't have to go to the bathroom? He's like, no, why would I? Wow. Like an, He's been dehydrated. Uh, just amazing. Well, I, I, don't know. Or he's not human. <laughs> he eventually <laughs> went, and he's like, yeah, well, I'm ready for, like, you know, another several gallons of liquid. That's a lot of liquid. Yeah, just amazing. But, mm. uh, yeah, uh, like you're saying, it's a uh, easy drinking beer, yeah. and uh, you can knock those back. And usually it doesn't have a lot of alcohol. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, fairly restrained. It's kind of middle of the road. Uh, you know, pubs nowadays, maybe they'll make them a little stronger, and they'll, they'll, they'll get up in uh, strength, maybe into the mid-fives. Uh, every once in a while you find them lower, down into the fours. Uh, you know, as far as uh, alcohol by volume, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I kind of like it a little. You know, around five percent or so, I think is a sweet spot. Yeah, you yeah. know, not too strong. Uh, you know, not 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 too weak, and uh, uh, you know, it's, it makes it more of a session beer. Mm-hmm. And same thing uh, on the. On the hopping, usually it's you know more restrained. You're not going to have something that's you know over the top hops. Right now you can, like Mike does, and take his those. Style. He did. He made yeah. like an all glacier beer, I well. think glacier hop beer, and he uh, you know hopped that uh, with that and uh, uh, in the in the beginning, middle, and end, huh. and uh, it was kind of hoppy, and it was actually still really good. Yeah, I, th- I think you can get away with that somewhat. If you're going to enter in a competition, I think you're going to run into some problems if you make it too hoppy. Right. But I think, uh, you know, nowadays judges will appreciate a little bit of, uh, like you're saying, citrusy hop or, yeah. uh, or a floral or spicy hop in, in the finish. Right. It's, it's not, uh, as big an issue as it was before. When this style first kind of came out, people would, uh, a lot of brew pubs were, were making this for, for people who didn't know what hops were and they wanted something a lot more controlled and a lot more subtle. Mm-hmm. And so they would make this and it was, uh, you know, beer that anybody could drink. Sure. It had a nice cracker type of, uh, or biscuity or bready right. type of, uh, note to it that, you know, 
conveyed uh, some malt, and that's malt derived. But, yeah, but not, yeah, but okay. not too much, uh, not too much in the hops, not too much bitterness either. Right. You know, bitterness. You know, fifteen to thirty IBUs in the style guidelines. Pretty big range. Yeah, you know, I, I think you'll see a lot more from around the fifteen to twenty IBU range, sure. and and just it's it's the odd duck that may be higher than that. If you make it too high, I don't know. Sure. But uh, and color's fairly light. It's a light. Uh, you know, the most of the examples you're going to see um, will be made, you know, strictly from uh, you know like a fifty-fifty wheat and uh, two row or something. Two or? row, yeah. And it's going to be you know fairly light in color because of that. Mm-hmm. There are some cases where people might add some crystal mull or something like that. I think it it kind of detracts from the the light, easy drinking uh, type of beer that it might be. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into the recipe uh, after a short break. I and, have tons uh, of questions for you. Okay, great. Yeah. I got tons of answers. Uh-oh. Can you imagine a world without liquid yeast or German Pilsner malt? No rinse sanitizer. East Kent Goldings. Neither can Northern Brewer. Since 1993, Northern Brewer has been dedicated to spreading the enjoyment of good brewing and good beer by bringing these and other products to homebrewers everywhere. They have a comprehensive selection of ingredients and equipment for making beer, mead, wine, cider, and soda with thousands of different items in stock. Everything you need in one place at a great price. Tech support and order advice from their expert and friendly staff is available by email or phone seven days a week. Fast and accurate shipping combined with their central location in Minnesota, USA means you never have to wait long for your order. Request a free full-color catalog by calling toll-free 1-800-681-2739 or visit them online at northernbrewer.com. Now, back to the Jameel Show. Right, we're back, and uh, we're talking about American Wheat and Rye Beer. And speaking of ways to uh, support this show, head on down to Northern Brewer and uh, pick up your next batch of ingredients there, or uh, you know, some some kits or whatever you get, because uh, they sponsor the show. And That's uh, awesome. I wanted to uh, make sure everybody remembers that, because uh, that uh, keeps us on the air. Yeah, keeps the uh, Sunday show on the air, and uh, also keeps my favorite lunch meat on the air. Is that even on the air? <laughs> it's a secret. You know, I feel actually blessed because I was on the last show. You're blessed because you don't have to hear it? Is there? No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, uh, buy a few things from Northern Brewer, I think. Uh, you support know. all local homebrew shops. Exactly. Definitely support your local homebrew shop. Uh, definitely deserves it. All right, so we're talking about American wheat or rye beer. And... Uh, uh, let's get into the ingredients here. The, the the difference essentially between American wheat and, or American rye is one uses wheat and one uses rye. Really? <laughs> yes. No. And the way I like to do it is uh, I like to uh, either use 50% wheat malt and 50% uh, uh, two-row, American two-row. And I, I believe American two-row is really the way to go with this. You want that, you know, American pub quality, and uh, American two row is is part of that. 
uh, or use 50% rye malt and 50% uh, domestic two-row. Either way. Can you do 25, 25, 50? You mean wheat, rye? Wheat, rye, and two-row? Uh, you could. I okay. think if you want a more subtle wheat character. Sure. For me, I really think you really need to use quite a bit of rye before it's, you know, gets to the obvious stage. Okay. And I think in, in American rye, you want it to be obvious. Okay. Now, is rye an actually a barley? Uh, it's a rye. It's just rye. It's just a, a it's a It's a grain. Separate. It's yeah. a grain. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure what uh, family it's in. I'm sure somebody will tell me. Interesting. Uh, believe me, I, I hear it all. Okay, milk stout. Apparently, they, they have started approving uh, milk stout on labels now. <laughs> Really? Yeah, you know, but a few years ago they couldn't. But, you know, I'm old and I'm living in, in yesterday. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I didn't notice that they now have approved milk stout for labels. Perfect. So, uh, like I said, I, I hear everything. Yes. Uh, any mistakes we made, I hear about them. Oh, good. Whether I pay attention or not, that's another question. Anyway, so with the rye, the rye will give you a uh, a bit of a spiciness, like you were saying when mm-hmm. you were describing a rye, American rye. It also gives you sometimes a, a bit of a uh, a little bit more of a viscosity to the beer, a little a little more thickness, a little uh, uh, a little more uh, chewiness to the beer. So it doesn't ferment out as dry as wheat. It can. Oh, really? But you'll you you can you'll have a tends to give a little more body than wheat. Okay. And the fermentability is really dependent on. Um, you know your mash temperature. Sure. If you're if you're an extract brewer, you're not going to mix, um, uh, you know, uh, a wheat extract and a like a, a plain ultralight ultralight extract. Right. Sure. Because the wheat extract is already fifty fifty or sixty forty uh, wheat and some sort of base malt. Okay. So if you're an extract brewer, you'd go with a hundred percent wheat That's extract. It. Yeah. Okay. You wouldn't wouldn't use any other. It's a hundred percent wheat extract, and then your hops and your yeast. Right. So it's it's a pretty simple recipe. Okay. The um, the interesting thing is you really can't. Uh, you know, people want to do like specialty grains and stuff on this. You you can't steep. Uh, you know, wheat. You can't rye. steep rye. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people they they try steeping rye, and it really doesn't work out so great. Yeah, what, what are uh, you steeping? You're not getting color, right? Yeah, you're not. Yeah, you know, I mean, and I don't really think you get the wheat flavor, the rye flavor. So uh, it's got to be mashed. I, I think, yeah, I think if you're, you you should do get into the partial mashing thing, which is really not that difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the steeping. Think of it as steeping at a controlled temperature. So instead of steeping at whatever temperature you're steeping at, you know, mm-hmm. 154, 152, yeah. and you're uh, you're in, instead of steeping just, uh, you know. Whatever grain you're trying to convert, you also throw in a handful of uh, uh, domestic two row, right? Help and it convert, that, and that's got the enzymes to convert the other okay. the other grains. Hmm. Uh, for this uh, style of beer, I like uh, an original gravity around 10.52, Plato. You could go, you know, 10.48, 10.46. You can try it out a little bit more. 10.52 is about as about as much as you want to go as far as uh, you know alcohol. Right. You can go a little bit more than that, but I think it becomes a little too big. Uh, final gravity, you're targeting around, uh, 10, 10, 10, 12, about, you know, three Play-Doh. Uh, you know, not Pretty too dry. dry. Well, yeah, yeah, dry enough. Yeah. And, and, you know, you want to have some, uh, residual sweetness there. You can go drier if you want. Uh, even then, that's, uh, you know, attenuation about 77%, mm. which is a fairly high attenuation. IBUs, I, I target about 20 IBUs using the Rager formula. Uh, you're going to have about five SRM for color, you know, a fairly light color. 
uh, going to give you about a 5.3 uh, alcohol by volume. Yes. Right up there. Yep. Uh, and again, if you're an extract brewer, you're going to use uh, a wheat extract, 100% wheat extract, about uh, 8.9 pounds, uh, 4.03 kilograms, 100%. 100%. Yeah. That's it. If you're an all-grain brewer, you're going to go with uh, uh, 6 pounds of American uh, two-row malt and 6 pounds of uh, wheat malt. That's uh, 2.72 kilograms of either. Okay. Okay, 50-50. And then you're going to mash at 152 degrees Fahrenheit or 67 degrees C. A sweet spot. Yeah, 152 is good. Yeah. You can go a little higher, you can go a little lower. It's going to depend on your own system, but you want something like John was describing that uh, is a fairly, you know, a session beer, and that, that a session beer generally includes not a lot of, you know, residual right. sugar or body. You know, something kind of in the mid mid-range there. Yeah. Now, that's calculated for what mash efficiency? 70%. Okay. Yeah, good question. I keep forgetting to mention those things. So here's an important part of, of the show. If you're listen, if you're cherry-picking episodes yeah. and listening to them, you really want to eventually go and listen to every episode because yeah. there's a lot of information kind of scattered through the every show. You know, yeah, every show. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've been doing this like a year and two-thirds. Two yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of information that we're just assuming you know from the other shows. Right. So go back and download all those. We look at the numbers. You're not downloading every show, you guys. Yeah. Now, come come on. on. I can tell. Hey. So, yeah. so get in there and listen to every show. Mm-hmm. And uh, there tends to be useful nuggets of information that apply to your brewing in general. Right. Versus just, you know, the specific style. So right. even if you don't want to make fruit beers, listen to it anyways. There's interesting information in there that, uh, you know, controls uh, various things. Well, we were talking during the break, like, we're going to be done with all the styles next year in 08. Mm-hmm. Why don't we just start a whole other three-year trilogy on tips and tricks? Process and more process. Yeah, if I'm still alive, then I, I might be up for that. You, you never know. Yeah, uh, I'm getting old. Okay, you know, I'm older than Sully. You're not uh, looking old. I'm, uh, you know, I'm. Uh, well, that's very kind of you to yeah. say. Yeah, but uh, you know, I'm. What wife's taking 80, 84, 85 next year? <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, I don't think I. Uh, you know, I may not have. Uh, I may not reach ninety. <laughs> Oh, I doubt that. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. Beer's good uh, for you. Good for your heart. <laughs> Let's hope so. Then I'll live forever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, well pickled. There you go. <clears throat> anyway, so, you know, the, 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 the grains are, you know, very simple. You're, I would say resist the urge to add, you know, crystal malts, uh, you know, Munich malt, any of those extra things. I think it adds too much. You want something clean, subtle, uh, you know, you're getting a little, you, you, you want the, the wheat character or the rye character to come through. It's one of the reasons you're using that, uh, that two domestic base malt. Right. And Crystal will take away from that? This, yeah. It's, in it's what a way? Distraction. Oh, I right. Think, okay. You know, it's also adds this caramel sweetness. Right. Uh, you know, I guess you could play around with that a little bit. If you did, I would focus on the lighter color crystals. You know, the, the, the 10 love, the 20 love, you know, it mm. certainly wouldn't go above 30, I think. Sure. And, you know, restrained. You know, same with any other type of, uh, specialty malt. I'd, I'd really hold back on that. I would try this just with the wheat and the, the domestic or the rye and the domestic, you know, uh, revel in the simplicity of the beer. Sure. And, uh, I think it's a, a, a good experiment for anybody All to try. Hobbies, yeah. Yeah. Go with just base malt. 
Yeah, and, that's it. You know, and a, and a single hop. <laughs> sure. And see what you get and yeah. see what it's like. And, you know, a clean yeast. And, and it's amazing the flavors that come through just yeah. from that base malt. It's amazing how hard it is to make it balanced. Right, exactly. When less is more, you know, like, yeah. oh, my God. Yeah, you know. not a lot to hide behind. Yeah. Well, and we talk about, you know, domestic two-row as if it's like this flavorless. It's like you're putting styrofoam in. But it's <laughs> it's it's actually got quite a bit of flavor. Yeah. The thing is, once you add, uh, you know, all especially malts, it tends to hide it. So you, we tend to go to, uh, you know, like an English uh, or British, British pale malt sure. that uh, tends to have body. a little more, uh, you know, biscuity character and all that. That yeah. kind of sticks through all right. the other specialty malts. But if you re- show restraint on your other malts, you'd be surprised at how much flavor and character comes through with right. that uh, domestic two-row malt. You know, it's, it's a good malt being being used and brewed here. And uh, I think that's an important part of it. So Whoa. restraint on any specialty malts. Okay. And my recipe doesn't have any. Good. It wouldn't be the style then probably. Do you think yeah. crystal malt is still the style if you did use it or not? You know, I I think uh yeah, you know, if, again with restraints, small percentage, small percentage, lighter color, yeah, I th- I, th- I think that's okay. Okay. You know, it, it's it's going to depend, you know, on, on how much you do, but generally a fairly, you know, clean uh, you know, light session beer like you were saying. Hmm. Uh hops Here's where you can go you have Anywhere. a little more, yeah. yeah. Uh j- Generally, I think if you're like running a pub and you want to brew one of these, you go with uh, and you want the safe route. You go with just bittering. You use a clean hop, and that's it. Or you know you can use a low alpha hop and use it just for bittering and get that kind of subtle flavor coming through in the background. Sure. I like a little bit more hops. I'm like McDowell. Yeah. I like a little hoppy. Well, it's the <laughs> flavor for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And but you know again, you show some restraint. Use uh, an American type of hop. One. One choice, one variety. Uh, you know, if you're that, that can be good. I like uh, a little. Uh, here's what I got. I go with uh, Willamette at five percent uh, alpha acid for sixty minutes. I'll use an ounce, twenty eight grams. It's going to give me about twenty IBUs using the regular formula. And then at zero minutes, I'll add a little bit more Willamette, point three ounce or nine grams, hmm. and then point three ounce or nine grams of Centennial. Okay, gives you a little kind of floral. Little bit of citrusy Some flavor too. Right? Yeah, a little bit yeah, of flavor, yeah. you know. So you're using a little over a half ounce at knockout at okay. zero minutes, and uh, it won't be overwhelming. Uh, when it's when it's real fresh, it'll be nice and uh, it'll fade fairly quickly. Yeah, after two months, probably. Poof. But yeah, so you, you know, you're gonna want to drink this within a, within a month or right. two. But uh, it's not overwhelming. You could give this to somebody who's like a, a Bud Light drinker or, a, you know, a Keystone Light drinker like my neighbor. And, uh, you know, they'll enjoy it. Yeah. They're like, oh, you know, what? and if they're not familiar with hops, uh, you know, they go, oh, you know, what's that? And it's like you can explain to them the citrusy or the floral, right. the, the hops. And you tell them that's hops. That's yeah. that's the character of hops, which, you know. Showing them the light. Yeah. You know, in a nice, gentle, easy, and, and they'll go, oh, what's the, what's that? Like, yeah, kind of like crackers or bready. Yeah. It's like, well, that's that's from the malt, right. you know, and, and you can kind of, you know, it's a good introduction to people who are not into a lot of beers. And uh, it's very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So for that reason, you know, restraint. Does your, does your neighbor still drink Bud now, or does he drink your wheat? Oh yeah, he drinks uh, arrogant bastard. He drinks. There you uh, go. So you, know, you converted. He was. He, yeah. Well, yeah. He was. He was explaining why he prefers arrogant bastard over uh, Red Rocket. Wow. 
You that's know? A, that's he a really likes right red, there. red Rocket, but he, he likes Harry and Pastor a little bit better. See, there's a little popeness right there. <laughs> yeah. There you go. No, no. You see, we were, and we were, uh, what were we drinking at the time? Uh, some Grand Teton, uh, Grand Teton, uh, Amber Ale, or no, we were drinking, uh, our Samira Pond. I don't know what we were drinking, but yeah, he likes all that stuff. Cool. Yeah, he's really, but he still, you know, drinks his Keystone Light. It's like, instead of, like, I grab a bottle of water, he's drinking a, Keystone Light. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. that's really hot and thirsty out. It's funny, whenever I go to drink a beer with you, you usually have water with you. <laughs> you know, so I, I like, try to. I want to share a beer with you and, no, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well then, uh, alright, so, you know, uh, as far as the, uh, fermentation goes, again, you want to clean, I'm assuming you don't want the clove characters like you were saying, you know, that would be inappropriate use, in this yeah. stuff. Alright. This, one of the most common mistakes people make is, uh, you know, they're assuming that an American wheat beer should be similar to a gem- German Hefeweizen, which is not true. You want something that's a neutral yeast. Uh, if you're already using, uh, you know, WLP01 or the white yeast 1056, or the uh, Safale uh, uh, US05, uh, you know, that that's fine for it. Okay. I really think actually a better yeast, and I got this from uh, my friends down in San Diego, Peter and Harold, um, you want to use a uh, Kolsch yeast. Oh, there you go. Kolsch yeast is the trick on I this bad boy. That be- turns it from a decent beer to an award winner is the Kolsch yeast. Interesting that you say that because yeah. I have a Kolsch on tap right now. Uh-huh. And when you stir it up and you get that yeast back up, yeah, it's yeah. like a wheat. I mean, yeah, coal yeast, and you, yeah. you marry that with uh, some of the wheat flavors or the huh. rye flavors, and uh, uh, you can use the American Hefeweizen uh, yeast that uh, American wheat yeast that uh, they have. White yeast has a ten ten American wheat yeast, and uh, White Labs has their WLP three twenty, which is American Hefe, and I believe those are related to either all beers or coal yeast. all yeasts or coal yeasts. Hmm. Do you get a, I have a question about cold cheese. Do you get like a candy flavor coming through? Kind of, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's bright. It's, I mean, sometimes it's tangy. I think it's, it's lager like, of course, but yeah. it's a very unique yeast strain. I used it for the first time a few months ago. Uh-huh. I like it, but I can see it perfect for a wheat beer now that you say that. Right, I mean, right. Definitely would bring out the wheat beer. So yeah, that's, that's the trick right there is, is that yeast, <laughs> right? Uh, cool fermentation. Uh, 65 degrees Fahrenheit or 18 degrees C, uh, you know, warmer than you would a Kolsch right. or, or an Alt, uh, but uh, still on the on the relatively cool side. You like the, those you like down. that yeast hot above 65? Do you? Uh, what do you think of the extra extra pro- production on that? 65, 18 C. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't go, go past well, that. Okay. But I think that's about right. It gives you you want to get some some uh, some fruity esters in there. I think a little bit. <laughs> You know, not 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 as much. I think you get a cleaner beer with the California or the uh, the 1056 at that same temperature, uh, roughly or 68. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Even at 68, I think you get a cleaner beer. Interesting. Hmm. But at 65, if you want to get really clean, you can get down in you know the lower 60s with those yeasts. But they tend to be fairly clean, just a subtle background fruitiness right. that you get with that. I think that really kind of adds to the whole thing. Again, subtle. So, you know, right. not overwhelming, just kind of a light a light character is important. Now, what's the length of ferment time usually with these yeast strains? Oh, you know, if you pitch a big, clean, healthy pitch, you know, appropriate amount of yeast, and you got it at the right temperature, that, that'll ferment out in under a week. Wow. You know, at that time. Keg it or bottle it then, and you're done? Yeah, and, yeah. Okay. And you can actually serve it fairly young. Right. Because, Quite good uh, young. I'm, yeah, because the yeast is still in expansion, su- suspension. And actually... 
one of the things about coal sheets is it tends not to flocculate very very uh-huh. well. Yeah. Now we talked about this on the coal show, and again, another reason why you should be downloading every show, whether you brew in the style or not. Tricks is we talked about how coal sheets tends not to flocculate very well. And you tend to need to filter it, sure, uh, or you know, age it or wait for wait for quite a long time. That works in your favor on this on this beer style. It's all right if it's cloudy. It doesn't have to be crystal clear. Although you know, if it's crystal clear, that's fine too. Okay, but uh, you can go ahead and and uh, use that yeast, and, and it'll be all right. Now, do, if judges were tasting this beer, do you think they would prefer it clear or cloudy, or does it really matter? I mean, as long as it's a clean, balanced beer, do you think that would affect? I don't think it should matter. Okay, but uh, you know, you might run into judges that God yeah. knows what they're thinking, right? I don't think it should matter, but uh, I think you know having a little yeast in suspension, you kind of get a little of that that taste of the yeast. Okay, which kind of also adds to the bready perception. Right. Yeah, it's true. Because you know one thing you associate with bread is yeast. Right. But, you yeah. Know, when you eat eat bread, you you th- you get a taste of yeast, huh. and that's what you know you associate with the flavor of bread, but it's actually yeast. Right. So that can that can add to it and kind of support that. Hmm. Again, you know another another reason to go that route. Interesting. Very cool. Now, didn't you have uh, some some notes, uh, common questions about uh, uh, wheat ingredients and stuff? Well, I'm more curious about rye malt in general. Uh-huh. I uh-huh. mean, I've I've had a rye beer. I have an interesting story. I had a rye beer from Napa Brewing Company, and it was incredibly brown. I don't know if it adds a brown character, mm-hmm. but it was very cloudy though too. And I I, I could have sworn it was pulled right off the conical fermenter, mm-hmm. and it was just cl- I don't know what rye malt contributes to beer or what type of flavor characters. I know we said spicy, right? But well, if if you're making like a Rogan beer, a German uh, rye beer, mm-hmm. so there's the German Hefe, which sure. is maybe you know which would be the counterpart to the American wheat. Okay, there's a German Rogan beer. Which is the counterpart to the American rye beer. Okay. So it's like a heifer with, uh, you know, some rye character and they tend to add a little bit, uh, a little more, uh, color and, uh, you know, caramel malts and other, you know, Munich malt and stuff huh. like that. Okay. Did Fair. we do Rogan beer on the show already? Uh, I don't remember. I think, I think we, we did. did. Yeah, yeah, actually, we did. Yeah, absolutely we did. Uh, wow. JC's Rogan beer, right? We, we did that one. Huh. Now, does it, ha- now it has to be milled, right? Or cracked? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It does yeah, have to be. Yeah, milled. absolutely milled. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. All right. So we'll take a little break. We'll be right back after this. This year, the Great American Beer Festival will last for three days. Have more than 40,000 visitors, more than 380 breweries, more than 1,600 beers. But only one lucky listener will be going for free. Beer, beer, and more beer. The Brewers Association, White Labs, and the Brewing Network are sending you on the beer trip of the year. Airfare, hotel, all festival sessions for free. Brought to you by the Brewers Association, White Labs, Beer, Beer, and More Beer, and the BN. Visit thebrewingnetwork.com for more details. Hi, I'm Sean O'Sullivan, the brewmaster and co-founder of the 21st Amendment Brewery and Restaurant in San Francisco. Six years ago, Nico Freccia and I opened the 21st Amendment on 2nd Street with the intent of bringing back the local neighborhood brew pub. Well, the neighborhood has really changed over the years, but the 21st Amendment still remains a great place for people to meet over a terrific meal and a tasty pint of beer. In the past, the only way you could enjoy the 21st Amendment's handcrafted beers was at the brew pub. Well, all that has changed. Now, the 21st Amendment beers are available in cans. That's right, cans. 
When was the last time you had a great beer in a can? Well, that day has come. We're offering our world-famous Watermelon Wheat and 21A IPA in cans. Cans are a better package than glass because cans keep the beer fresher longer, but you can also take cans to places where bottles can't go, like the beach, lake, golf courses, and sporting events. So join us in the revolution to take back the can from the big breweries and crack open a cold 21A craft beer in a can. The 21st Amendment, 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. And you're back with the Ultimate Homebrewing Show, where today's topic is... Dark beer. But first, let's go to the phones. Who are we talking to? Jamel. Jamel Zanishev. What can we do for you, Jamel? What were you guys saying about dark beer? All dark beer is really strong. And bitter. Well, you guys might want to look for a new source of brewing knowledge. We're using Poor Harold's Almanac 1947. You know of something better... Brewing Classic Styles by Jamil Zanishev and John Palmer. 80 award-winning recipes and how to brew them by the number one names in home brewing. Extract, partial mash, all grain, we cover it all. Reserve your copy today at the Brewing Network store. I will find one just for you. Visit thebrewingnetwork.com for more details on Brewing Classic Styles, the homebrew book of the year. So, do you cover Bach beer in there? You betcha. Because I've been saving all the sludge from my fermenter so I can make some real soon. Oh, man, you really need this book. Order your copy today. Visit thebrewingnetwork.com, the official broadcaster of the Great American Beer Festival. What's funny is, brewers will say, yeah, I don't brew to stop. I'm brewing my own beer. And it's like a German Pilsner, but it's black. Yeah, it's a sports beer. Sports beer. The home of live beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. This is the Jameel Show. All right. <coughs> I miss rocking out, man. Yeah. You get your opportunity here yeah. during the breaks. <laughs> what? Two seconds of glory. You have to pass me that Germex, though. Okay. Here we go. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So. Uh, questions about, uh, well, I was, we were talking earlier during the break, uh-huh. like a couple breaks, and we only done a couple, but I always hear homebrewers talk about wheat or rye malt adding a, a hint of tartness or sourness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, you were, you were just, no. I flew off the handle. Yeah, you punched me. Yeah. I fell down I on the ground. I didn't punch you too hard. No, I'm good. I helped you back up afterwards. Yeah, you did. That's true. But it, you say that's not true. It's not true. Okay. You can make yourself a beer for 100% from wheat. Uh, look at uh, Marin Brewing Company's uh, wheat wine. Yeah. <laughs> look at the beer from Marin Brewing Company. Uh, and it's slightly yeah. tart. and It's not slightly tart or sour. Right. It, it, good job of covering okay. for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the... Uh, my daughter calling me, uh, you know, and I, the one time I didn't mute my phone. It's okay. She's more important than me. Exactly. I hope everything's okay. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the interesting thing is, uh, yeah, Marin, they've, they've got this 100% and made 100% wheat malt. Mm-hmm. There's no sourness to it. Okay. Wheat does not produce sourness. It, you know, explain to me what the process would be for wheat to all of a sudden become sour. Right. Now, yes, 
you know, when you're using wheat, sometimes it can leave behind, uh, you know, some more starch in the beer. All right, some leftover starch if you, you're not converting things properly or using unmalted weed, whatever. Hmm. Okay. And starch could be a food for, you know, bacteria or wild yeast. Sure. Well, sure, any residual dextrin can be as well. Okay. So, again, maybe just have it doesn't really funky in there. make anything logical. Yeah, you know, and I've, I've heard this time and time again, even judging people, well, you know, this style has weed in it, so it can be sour, slightly sour, or yeah. tart. It's like, no, 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 no. no. Yeah. No, that's not. If you if you get a American wheat beer that's sour, then you know, or tart, it shouldn't be. Hmm. You know, that is not you know appropriate thing. Now, you with uh, you know some of the citrusy hops, if you're using it for flavor and aroma, it's such a subtle beer overall. You know, maybe sometimes that could come through that way, but it should not be uh, you know uh, sour. Interesting. Or tart beer. Now, can you take a same base wheat malt, like the one that you gave on the show, mm-hmm. and ferment that out, split the batch, and ferment it with a Hefeweizen yeast and a Cal ale yeast? Yeah. And would one be a German Hef and the other be American wheat? Would that be okay? 50-50, wheat tiro, two different yeast strains? Yeah, yeah. You know, that wouldn't be too bad. Uh, generally, you use like a Pilsner malt for your your the for half of the uh, German wheat. Okay. And then you use a, a wheat malt for the other half. Right. But I think uh, you know it might be all right, and you could maybe do that: do a Pilsner malt and a and a wheat, and then uh, use uh, the American ale yeast and you know clean yeast. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think you do that. It may not be making exactly the best you know version of the style, but I I tell you, it'd be really close. Sure. I think you know, you know, good enough for for pretty much any need. Hmm. What about using a Belgian yeast? I mean, since we're there, yeah, use a Belgian. Yeah, why not? Belgian lump. That's Blondale. one of the things about uh, you know Belgium. They uh, they like to do whatever. Yeah, you know, no rules. Yeah, I think I think you could do that. Sure. Okay. I think uh, it wouldn't really be at this gravity level, and uh, you'd enter it into a Belgian specialty. Okay. Uh, if you wanted to enter it in a competition, it wouldn't really fall in any of the other categories at this point. Okay. You know, as that, that type of beer. Now, what if you didn't want to use? You 50%? could even take, uh, you know, a uh, you know, a wit beer yeast and add some. Uh, then you have a wit beer coriander beer. and uh, orange peel and. Huh. Could you dry hop with the coriander and sure. the orange peel? Why not? Same wort, boiled same. Yeah. Hop. Make three different beers with this. Whoa. You could do a fifteen-gallon brew day. Crossley, we're on to something here. <laughs> Maximizing gallons, the brew different styles. Sounds good to me. I mean, yeah, yeah, wouldn't wouldn't be bad. I, three, I think it'd be fine. Three different conicals and everything. Yeah, it'd be perfect. Yeah, hmm. absolutely. Okay, let's brew. <laughs> <laughs> and Dustin, do you have, you have a, questions? Or? Some questions from the chat room. I do. Chat's been uh, some good questions from the chat today. Actually, oh, almost always are really good questions. Yeah, they are, and. Um, more people hanging out for the live shows lately, which is good. So more people. There's been more questions. I like that. Uh, okay, here's a couple that came through. Uh, can a small amount of unmalted wheat be used in an American wheat? You can. It's not uh, uh, considered uh, standard, but uh, you certainly could. What, what's the point in that? Why, why would you? Unmalted wheat tends to leave more of a starch haze, things like that. Okay. That's one you know used in uh, lambics and stuff like that. That's why I think maybe people got this whole idea of uh, souring from the wheat that's used in lambics. Maybe I see. Okay. Um, and then a uh, question I 
kind of expected to come through, actually, because I've heard it talked about a lot, about the use of rice hulls in, mm-hmm. a, in a wheat beer like this because of uh, sparging problems, right? That's why you'd want rice hulls? Right. Okay. Now, so, I, I I do, uh, you know, 50% wheat, and uh, I have no problems with uh, sparging or recirculation. So I've, I don't need any rice hulls in this. Uh, if you're worried or if you had troubles with a stuck mash or anything like that before, uh, you know, use about like a half pound of rice hulls, which is quite a lot, you know, because mm-hmm. they don't weigh hardly anything. And, uh, that should take care of it. Okay. You, know, you can certainly use it. There's no real drawback to using rice hulls. And there's okay. no flavor from rice hulls, right? Or? Uh, no, I'm, but you know, if I you, was worried. Uh, yeah, the first time I, I used rice hulls, what I did was make up a tea of rice hulls and, uh, you know, taste it and, you can taste something, huh? You know, but uh, and uh, usually I think a lot of it is like the dust and stuff that tends to be on there from wherever they were processed from. Oh, yeah, gross! But uh, yeah, I think it's all right. Cambodian uh, dust or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, living up in Sacramento, like rice country, uh, yeah. you know, I'm sure it's all coming from around there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Here's a, a question about using East Coast yeast in a wheat. Yeah, East Coast ale yeast. Uh, it, it, that that could be uh, a good uh, a good version as well. If you're using that yeast for something else, you know, same thing for the Kaleo yeast or the Kolsch, uh, you know, you can definitely use that as well. But, uh, you know, I really prefer the Kolsch yeasts for this. Okay. And somebody had, I think, mentioned in the forum that they thought East Coast yeast was Sam Adams yeast. Is that the rumor? That's, that's what I've heard also, yeah. Uh, okay. Absolutely. Just curious. All right. And then finally... Um, the use of flaked rye versus rye malt, uh, is there a flavor difference in those two? You know, I, I don't know. Um, I, I, I gotta assume there is, cause when you malt a grain, uh, mm. you know, some things change, but still, you know, it could be pretty close. And when you, when you, uh, run the, the rye through the roller mills to gelatinize and all that, the heat goes up pretty high. Uh, you know, quickly, and I imagine that you know there's some change there as well. So okay. there's, uh, I'm, I'm sure there are differences, subtle differences. Okay. Hmm. All right, and that's what I got for you. Great. That was Good a whole questions. lot of wheat. Yeah. Yeah. Not not uh, not not bad. All right, so let me let me uh, recap the recipe here. You're starting out with the original gravity at about 10.52. Your final gravity is going to target around 10.12. It's 77 percent. Uh, Attenuation, 20 IBUs using the regular formula, color of 5SRM. That's going to give you uh, also a, a, a alcohol by volume about 5.3%. You're going to use, if you're an extract brewer, 100% wheat extract. Uh, liquid malt extract, you're going to need about 8.9 pounds, 4.03 kilograms. If you are a all-grain brewer, use uh, 6 pounds or 2.72 kilograms of American two-row and then uh, an equal amount of wheat malt and mash at 152 degrees Fahrenheit or 67 degrees C. Hops, at 60 minutes, you're going to toss in some, some Willamette, 5% uh, alpha acid, 1 ounce, 28 grams, give you about 20 IBUs. Then you're going to do uh, a 0.3 ounce or 9 grams of both Willamette and Centennial there at the end. When you turn off the flame, toss those in. Ferment it out with, uh, uh, you can use Y-East uh, 1010 American Wheat or uh, the White Labs WLP320 American Hefeweizen mm. or, you know, any cold sheese that you might have or all cheese, I think is good options. If you're already using some Cal Ale yeast or the uh, 1056, uh, you go ahead and use that. But I think, you, you know, if you're really looking for a competition, the cold sheese is the key there. 
think that'll make a quite a sweet beer. Good show. Yeah. So uh, next show up, if you're listening live, uh, we're going to get into Saisons. And if you're on podcast, it's going to be about two weeks. Uh, while you get the chance and you're online, get to the uh, online store, uh, thebrewingnetwork.com, and uh, buy a copy of the book, uh, Brewing Classic Styles. Yeah. You know, help support the uh, Brewing Network, and uh, I get a few pennies, too. And uh, Or, you know, buy yourself some T-shirts or, you know, what have you. There's lots of lots of great stuff for uh Buy Justin. You, know, you get How to Brew. You can, uh, yeah, Justin will come over and do you. It's for sale. Cheap. It's yeah. probably the cheapest thing in the store. Yeah. <laughs> it's the cheapest thing in this room. <laughs> All right. Bruce Strong. Yeah, Bruce Strong. The Jameel Show has been a production of The Brewing Network. Please send questions for Jameel to jameel at thebrewingnetwork.com. 